Hi, I'm Alfonso. Hi, and I'm Francisco. And we are Is Illegal Mexico, and this is our podcast, Easy Talks. This is our first episode of uh, Easy Talks. Uh, in the series of, of podcasts, we will be uh, talking about several uh, topics, real estate, immigration, corporate law, uh, wheels, living wheels, and many more that you will, uh, if you ask us for any other uh, topic, uh, we will be glad to address them. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this, in the first podcast, we plan just to be us and talk about uh, the topic that we have today. But in the future, we'll have different sections, uh, guests, and if you uh, let us, uh, Q&A section. We want to do a Q&A section with your questions when we reply your questions and clear some of the doubts that you may have. So, um, yeah, this is our first episode. And the topic for this episode is what is a fideicomiso and why do people that buy in Mexico from other countries need a fideicomiso? Exactly. Um, let's go back on time until 1917. Uh, our Mexican constitution, uh, that is the uh, current, constitution. current constitution from 1917, established in the Article 27 that foreigners cannot buy property on the coast and 50 kilometers from it and on the border and 100 kilometers from it. So, I don't know who was the person who had this idea, but <laughs> we found a way to uh, go around that, setting up a real estate trust that we call uh, Fideicomiso de Zona Restringida. That means uh, a real estate trust from the, on the restricted zone. zone. Uh, um, at the time, it, it makes quite a lot of sense. We had invasions and several problems uh, with uh, foreigners uh, taking advantage of the natural resources of the country. Um, so it made quite a bit of sense. You know, 20, a yeah, 104 years later, it just is outdated for sure, and it just doesn't make sense. But it's there. And it, there has been many attempts of removing it, yeah. or at least that's what they say. But if you, every time people ask us if they're going to be removed, we always say, I really don't think so. Why? Because there's many interests in place. Yeah, there's a lot of money involved, uh, the banks to begin with, and the Minister of Foreign Affairs that, well, they charge you to issue the Fideicomiso permit, and the banks that charge you to set it up and to maintain the Fideicomiso. To manage the Fideicomiso. Yeah, so... So uh, we really don't think it will be removed anytime soon. So, of course, this only affects the coast and 50 kilometers from the coast and the border and 100 kilometers from the border. But in the case of Yucatan, there's only like three places in, in, in the center of the, of the state that they don't require the, the, the fideicomiso. So we are peninsula, so three quarters of our territory is shores. Yeah. So Campeche, Quintana Roo, yeah. and, and Yucatan have that situation where most of the state is restricted. So yeah. So we uh, we people who wants to buy here or anywhere that has a coast or 50 kilometers from the coast or the border or 100 kilometers from the border have to form a fideicomiso or real estate trust of restricted zone in order to acquire. Exactly. Right? There's another option that we will uh, address on another in, in another podcast that is to set up a Mexican corporation, but that's another, uh, there's a lot of things to say about that. So today we will focus only on the Fideicomiso that is specific for residential uh, purposes. Yeah, for time, for time purposes, we will just say 
Fideicomiso for residential purposes, corporation for commercial purposes. When you buy a property, just keep that in mind. If you're going to use it for residential purposes, use the Fideicomiso. If you're going to use it for uh, uh, commercial purposes, it's the corporation. Exactly. So, which doesn't mean that you cannot rent your property with a Fideicomiso. You can very well rent your property. That's another problem. Um, it's uh, just if you're planning to do something else as a business in Mexico, in the country, then the corporation makes sense. Exactly. And the Fideicomiso is formed by uh, three parts. is uh, the bank institution, the fiduciary institution, uh, the trustee, and the trustor. Tr yeah, which is the seller. So it's basically buyer, seller, and a trust institution with, with uh, funny names. And um, so let's just break it down. First of all, um, what, is, what exactly is a Fideicomiso? A Fideicomiso is a legal structure Simplify it. Uh, to simplify it, let's just say that it's a structure in which a trust institution or a bank, which most trust institutions are banks, lend you their name to, so you're able to own property on the restricted zone in exchange for a yearly fee. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the seller put, puts the property into the fideicomiso and you will have all the rights to use it, rent it, sell it uh, or anything. And the bank holds the property in, uh, in their name because of the restriction we have in the Mexican Constitution in the Article 27. So you cannot give a foreign country the use of the your properties. Or access to the country through. So that's basically what the bank is, is there yeah. to control that you cannot give your property to a foreign uh, government. Yeah. So that's the basic. Uh, Reason, yeah. Um, yeah. So they're lending you their name. It is because of all of these uh, uh, rules, conditions, and everything uh, that the Fideicomiso deed is so big. It has 30 some pages, where a purchase deed has four, yeah. five pages. A Fideicomiso deed has 30 some pages because in it is when we establish that the bank is lending you their name and that it will hold the property, but that possession, use, uh, obligations, rights, profits, all of it becomes to the, to the trustee exactly. and, um, and established there, uh, as well as the fees that we will charge. But let's, let's just break it down and start from the beginning. Let's say you want to buy a property. So you want to buy a property, like as an expat or a foreigner, you want to buy a property. What's the first step? Um, first, contact us to make yes, sure yes, that everything course. is, yes, yes. Please, is, is please. correct. So, but yeah, we will get uh, the information from the, the seller uh, in order to make, to make the due diligence and make sure that everything is in place. So another advantage of the Fideicomiso is that we check the, the documents as lawyer, the notary check them, and also the bank institutions and the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, they will review the documents. everything. So there's no more... Uh, Funny business, there's nothing... Exactly, so... There's nothing that can be illegal in it because you have a third or fourth layer of of safety security nets uh, to make sure that your documents are correct and, and that the property that you're buying is legal and everything is in place. Otherwise, a, a bank would not form agree to form a fideicomiso. Exactly. If they see that there's something wrong yeah. with your property. So, uh, so, yeah. So, they contact us. We make the diligence and we sign a promissory contract of sale. Yeah. Uh, another question that we get is, how long does it take to set up the Fideicomiso? 
Uh, it used to be really fast. Right now, it's not that fast. Uh, actually, it takes around three months, so we can close. From the moment we have all the, the documents uh, from both parties, uh, buyer and seller, uh, from that time, it's like, like three months. So, yeah, no, no, we'd rather tell you the truth than to lie to you about that it's fast and easy and it is not. It's really not. So that's one of the difference, main differences between a purchase deed or a Mexican wanting to buy a property and, um, and a foreigner wanting to form a fideicomiso. It takes three months. We sign on a promissory contract and we put a time frame of three months on the contract, which is what it's going to take us to form the fideicomiso, so you can sign the fideicomiso deed. Um, then we get to um, the part where we gather documents and we ask for the fideicomiso permit to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. But before that, we issue a closing cost statement. Yeah. Sorry, closing cost budget. Another difference, and we're going to be straight honest with you on this podcast. Another main difference of the fideicomiso is the cost. Your starting point with a fideicomiso for the deed is $2,000. Yeah, that's uh, the, the, a little bit more, but that's uh, like a, to round the numbers. Uh, that includes the fideicomiso permit from the Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, an annual fee in advance, and the, the acceptance of the acceptance fees from, from the bank. So. so that's your starting point. Mexicans, when they buy, they don't have that, but foreigners do. So that's your starting point. On top of that, they come all the expenses, rights, fees, and everything that comes for a deed. For regular deed, acquisition property tax, everything that comes for regular deed. So $2,000. Also, we must say that the fees charged by notaries, by attorneys, are higher for a fideicomiso than for a purchase deed. They are because... It's more complicated. It's a lot more work. Yeah. It's a lot more work. It's those three months that it takes to form a fideicomiso, it's not three months that we are just sit down waiting. It's three months that we are working every day to get to the point to sign the fideicomiso. Yeah, because it's not only file the documents to the Minister of Foreign Affairs or to the banks. We have to be... Uh, I'm going to say it, bothering them, yeah. asking, because if you let them there, is they don't... Have, they don't... It, it's, it's not that they, they have too much work. Yeah, it's not so that they don't you do have their to job. Keep it's just that... Pushing. It's just that you need to keep pushing, you know, them to make sure that, that your name is still on the, on the list. So we send the closing cost estimate, they approve this closing cost estimate, and we start working. We gather all the documents, we submit them, to the bank and into the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to request the fideicomiso. When at that moment, that's when we pay, that's when you pay the fideicomiso permit to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So it takes how long? Three weeks to a month or something? Depending on right now with the pandemic, it's taking uh, longer. Yeah, COVID really made a number on us. Um, it used to take three weeks to get a fideicomiso permit. Right now it's taking a month and a half in some cases. Yeah. Um, and um, it takes, so it takes a month and a half yeah, to receive the permit, the fideicomiso permit. Once we have the fideicomiso permit, we get to the part when we draft the deed. We make a draft for the deed. We have to reproduce that permit on the fideicomiso, literally, and um, draft the deed and send it to the bank. 
Yeah, for their approval, then they will send it back with if there's any changes. They always make changes, bastards. Always make changes. And then uh, once we make the changes, they give us the green light and we send it uh, to our in-house notary for the final uh, and last review. And then we can set up the uh, closing date. date. So once what that's ready, it, get, it gets printed. We set up a closing date. All the parties comes. Payments are made. You pay for the property. You receive the keys of the house. You receive the possession. We sign the deed that very day. And from there, we collect the signature of the bank and for the deed once that is signed. And from there, we start the inscription process. The inscription process that can take, what, like two months? Mm -hmm. yeah. Two months. Two months in which we inscribe the deed into the public registry of property. Sometimes it takes longer because uh, if, uh, if the if public registry says, for example, uh, this for a copy of the passport, it's not clear enough, or this thing is not clear enough. Some, they're really picky about the documents. That's why we insist a lot when you send us a, a copy of your passport, for example, or a copy of your resident card, uh, to have it uh, totally clear. Because if you take a picture and send it to us, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. So, and that will delay the, the process uh, eventually. So, we, another thing, we forgot to mention it, but I'm gonna go back a little bit just to clear it up. Fideicomiso permit has a time frame of 50 years. It has a duration of 50 years, and it, uh, after the 50 years, you can just renew it. Uh, uh, fairly simple process, but it lasts 50 years. So that being said, um, we get it to the public register, we inscribe it. There's right now the urgency uh, right, which makes your deed to get inscribed faster, but still, I don't want to say less than two months, because yeah. that's what usually what it's taking right now to get inscribed in the public registry. So we get it out, we get the deed out, and then we have to change the name on the catastral cedula. Uh, the catastral cedula is a document that uh, the municipality issue uh, that has all the information from, the, from your title deed, your free commission title deed. It has the, um, the notary name, the date when the fideicomiso was signed, uh, the, the measures of the land, the measures of the construction, all, all, the all the basic information from your deed that is like several pages, you have it uh, there in the cedula catastral. Uh, we, we need the cedula catastral in order to make changes in your like, electricity bill, your water bill. Uh, it, used, it, it was not necessary uh, like a, a year and a half yeah, ago. Uh, right now, they, they ask for it in order to make the, the changes. So uh, don't get anxious. Eventually we will we'll do, get the, there. We do the changes. We will but, get there. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> and that, that's another thing that uh, people they are very anxious to change the names on the water bill or the electricity bill. Uh, we must, we will have to say on that subject that in Mexico, um, the, the water and electric contract belongs to the property not to the people in whose name the bill is. So you will have electricity on the property even if the bill is in another person's name. I understand the advantage of changing it so you can yeah, have a proof they of ask, address. And they ask for... You, you have a proof of, a proof of for everything on your name, so if you want to get, I don't know, whatever, a bank account or whatever, they will ask you for it. But it will not affect your electric service or your water service or any kind of service that you have at the house. But we do 
make those changes and we change it on the cedula. But the important part to say is that the cedula, and many people get freaked by this, will show as the owner, the bank. Yeah. It will be what it appear as the owner on the catastrophe cedula, the bank. And on your property tax receipt also. It will show as if the bank is the owner because legally, and not to freak you out, the bank is the owner. I mean, you're in the Fideicomiso. You own the Fideicomiso rights. Yes. And in the Fideicomiso, it gets established that the bank's the owner, but you guys have to use the profit and everything. But the fact of the matter is that the bank's lending you their name to own the property, so the bank's the owner. Well, it's not that they the owner. They, they hold the domain of the property in order so you cannot give it to a, a foreign government according to our Mexican constitution. Yeah, but for let's, let's say for practical matters, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. owner, the bank name. Mm -hmm. It will be that. It's not a risk. You don't get scared. Um, you're not in risk of losing your property. They cannot take your property. Don't worry. It's just informative and it's the way it is. So we get changed that and then we give you your deed with your catastrophe cedula and your plot map and your uh, property tax receipt and everything in it. Now, let's talk about the benefits of uh, a fideicomiso. Why do, they re would do, do we recommend fideicomiso over corporation when it's residential? Well, to begin with, the fideicomiso has, uh, I mean, works like a, like a will. In the fideicomiso deed, from the beginning, in, in the permit, you can designate who is going to be your beneficiary in case something uh, happens to you. Usually when they are, it's a couple, uh, uh, you designate each other in case something happened to uh, each one of you. And if something happened to, to both, uh, you can name one or more beneficiaries that they will get the fideicomiso rights uh, just showing the, the their certificate of the primary uh, trustee. trustee. Uh, so it's a really simple process. It saves you a lot of time and a lot of headaches that if you, let's say that we as a Mexicans, if we don't have a will, or even with a will, you have, the process is more complicated than as an expat who holds uh, the property in a fideicomiso, uh, the process is quite uh, simpler. Yes. So no probate, no judge, no six months to two years getting the property into your name, anything like that. And, and, and that's very important uh, to consider this. If you have a property in a fideicomiso, you don't, and I say again, you don't need a Mexican will for the property. Yeah. It's completely covered. Yeah, we will, we will have another podcast talking about wills, wills and, and living wills, yeah. but uh, yeah, if, if the property uh, is in a fideicomiso, you're covered, uh, you don't need a will for that. Uh, you might need a, a will for you know assets I mean? or uh, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, things of value, uh, stuff like that, but not for the property that you have on a fideicomiso, nor for the bank accounts uh, that you have money in because there's a beneficiary in the bank account, so you don't need a, a will. The other um, advantage is tax exemption. Uh, yes, um, with the fideicomiso, uh, as a residential, uh, as a resident, as a resident, I mean that because it's your residential oh, uh, yeah, yeah, property, yeah, you, you, mean, yeah. uh, you can avoid as a Mexican capital gains uh, taxes if you are a resident. It's really important that uh, you, after you buy the, you don't have to be a resident uh, to, to buy the property, but 
uh, when at the time to sell, it's really important that you have your resident card. It could be a temporary resident card or a permanent uh, resident card, uh, but that will give you the right to avoid uh, capital, capital gains every three years. That doesn't mean that you have to be the owner of the property for three years because a lot of people think, okay, uh, yeah. I buy it uh, a month and a half and I, uh, uh, I want to sell it right now. You can sell it immediately. immediately as long as you are a resident and you fulfill the tax requirements that is, for example, have a CFE bill under your name with well, your tax uh, ID. Well, or basically any kind of proof of statement tax ID number in it. The only thing is that once you sell the property, you will have to wait another three years to have that uh, yeah. benefit. The amount is in UDIS, which is quite hard to explain, but in pesos, we're talking about right now approximately 4.9 million pesos. That means that if you buy your property for $100,000, if you sell it for almost 200 and something, yeah, 40, 240, 30, depending yes, on the exchange, exchange rate, you will avoid the capital gain tax. Uh, yeah. And so, you will avoid capital gains tax, and that's huge because it's 4.9 per owner so that yeah. lives in a house. So yeah, there's two owners. You in, have you're almost talking 9.8. Yeah, like uh, 9 400 and something pesos. thousand US dollars. Yeah. Yes. So it's quite uh, an important feature of the fideicomiso. Yeah. So those are the benefits for the fideicomiso. Um, also, we must say that uh, the fideicomiso uh, has a limit of land that you can buy. Yeah, to set up a fideicomiso, uh, there's a limit of 2,000 square meters to, to, I mean, to acquire property uh, with a fideicomiso. There's, that doesn't mean that you cannot set up a fideicomiso with a land that, is, uh, that exceeds that uh, amount of square meters, it's just that you need to ask for a special permit and they will ask you to invest X amount of money in that land. Uh, sometimes they check, sometimes they don't check, but uh, that's the requirement. Let you say, that's a requirement and if you're planning to do it, let's just plan to fulfill it, all right? Because if the authority check and you're not fulfilling it, you're in for big trouble. So. Um, 2,000 square meters is the, is the limit and they have that, uh, that uh, thing, that, that condition, yeah, that condition to fulfill it. Okay, um, what else? Uh, well, there's two types of when you're buying and selling. Uh, let's say if the, fide the first is that if you're buying from a Mexican, that's when you set up the fideicomiso. But if you're buying from a foreigner, the fideicomiso is already uh, in, place. in place. So in theory, or depending on the bank, the transfer of the fideicomiso should be faster than setting up a fideicomiso. That's, right now that's kind of tricky because if your fideicomiso is with uh, one, bank. one bank that right now they don't want more. you to transfer the fideicomiso because they... Or they don't want any more business, new businesses or anything like that. Uh, I'm, we're not going to say the name, but uh, all the fideicomisos that are, are right now with that bank they will ask you to move it to, to, move it to another bank in, when you want to sell. So the, the process is kind of, well, complicated because, and it's more expensive than... Complicated, yes. Well, let's, let's put it like that. If you're 
buying a property from a Mexican, you will form a fideicomiso. It's a constitutional fideicomiso. If you're buying the property from an expat, there's two choices. Either it's a cession of fideicomiso rights, when you acquire the rights of the fideicomiso with the bank that they have, or it's a substitution, which means that you're going to change banks and then acquire the rights of the same fideicomiso. What's the difference? Well, it's a difference on the cost for you as the buyer and for the seller as well, because when there is a substitution, the bank that gets substituted will charge the seller a fee, regardless of the fact that it's their fault that you're substituting him, it, that you're substituting it, um, they will charge a fee to the seller. Um, around $1,000, let's put it like that. So both parties will have fees. Now, you, owner of the fideicomiso, as a seller, you also have three choices. Either to sell it to a Mexican, in which case you will extinct or cancel the fideicomiso, which also will cost you because the bank will charge you a fee to cancel the fideicomiso. You can pass on the fideicomiso rights to the buyers and expats with the same bank, in which case you won't have a fee to pay. Or if it, a substitution is needed and you have to change banks to sell it to the new buyer, then you have to pay those extra dollars, thousand dollars that we talk about as the seller yeah. with the fideicomiso. So those are the three scenarios, scenarios in, uh, uh, in, uh, in the fideicomiso as a buyer and as a seller yeah. as a fideicomiso. There's many uh, institutions that offers fideicomisos. Most of them are banks. Yeah. It used to be some of the banks, now are the new banks. We started doing this over almost 20 years ago. So things have changed quite a bit, not only in time frame and in cost, but also with the institutions that offer the service and the product. Usually each law firm has their favorites. They give you two, three options to begin with. Um, to, uh, with the fideicomisos, each with different time frame, cost, and everything. Um, but make, uh, just so you know, there's several. We have several, tried several. We yeah. have our favorite. favorite. We won't say it here. Uh, but uh, we have our, our, the one that we think it works better and have a better and, price. And it's easier for us to deal with. And we have them in, in our WhatsApp. We can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can. We, the, the communication. The, the is, channel is of better. communications are better and more fluid, and we have that. Each law firm will have theirs. So, but just so you know, there are several options and several, uh, uh, the market is quite uh, uh, varied in, in, in that way. Yeah. So, I think that's, we have covered pretty much everything about the fideicomiso. Yeah. Time frame, cost, options, and the process. Um, if you have any more doubts or questions or whatever you want to say to us, Yes, send us an email to info at easylegalmexico.com. Yeah, or um, put it in the comment section of the, um, of the platform that you're using. We'll read all of them and reply all of them. And also, don't forget to subscribe. Click the button on subscribe so we can, I don't know, maybe start making money out of this or <laughs> become rock stars. I don't know. I just want, I just want to, you to subscribe. And no, so you, so you know when there's a new chapter and there's a, uh, we have a new chapter on. Uh, right now we are doing this monthly, but uh, if things get uh, uh, good and old and we have interest from the people, we may be doing more often. We don't know. I don't know if they can afford us. Hopefully they can. And um, so, um, yeah, let's just click subscribe and 
yeah, let us know uh, what your questions, doubts, or comments are. All right? So that's it for right now. Cheers. Cheers. See you next time. See ya.